your favorite band's about to play a sold-out show. You got in... Over here! ...with a friend and found a spot close enough to see the set list. They're definitely playing your song. When you're with Amex, it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express. Don't live life without it. This man has just entered the gas price madness zone, pushed over the edge by skyrocketing gas prices. The remedy? Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Hey, wait a minute. Did you just say there's a free app I can get that'll actually pay me cash back on every gallon of gas I buy? Yes. Escape the gas price madness zone with the Upside app and earn real cash back on every gallon of gas you buy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Enough of the theatrics. Just tell me more about this Upside app. Okay. It's super easy. Just download the free app and use it whenever you buy gas. Upside users can earn hundreds of dollars in cash back. Wow. Thanks, announcer guy. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code MINUTE for an extra 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first fill-up. You can cash out anytime. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code MINUTE for a 25 cents per gallon or more bonus on your first tank. Good morning, listeners, or good, well, it's still morning, yes, uh, I'm, I was going to say I'm recording live, I'm broadcasting live, and it's recorded, and it'll be available for people to listen to later, and did I say this is Jim the Keys bartender? Yes, it is, it's uh, good to be back, and uh, I do have a lot of listens this week, I appreciate the listeners that, uh, in Michigan and Indiana for all the downloads. Thank you for keeping up on target for a million, million downloads. Uh, yes, it is really helping in the uh, visibility of the show. We, this week we have upwards of 30 uh, states where there's listeners and uh, 12 countries this week. In all this past year, I think we had 50 countries in almost every state. I had a listener, which is pretty, pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. I do appreciate it. I don't know. Maybe I didn't have any South Dakota listeners. South Dakota, Montana. So there may be only like 48, but I did get Alaska and Hawaii. I do appreciate that. And I do appreciate, uh, with all those things, like I said to one of my regular listeners, I do appreciate uh, you wanting to call in, but the more resources I have, the more likely I am to hire somebody to be able to handle those things that are more technologically difficult, such as receiving live phone calls during the show. I'm going to take a little more expertise than I'm able to handle or be able to do while I'm hosting the show. So, and I'm more likely to do that at, you know, I can get, I'll do more remote shows and things like that. I'm not... This is not a blackmail. I just want you to know I'm not blackmailing you. I do appreciate everything the way it's going right now. And if it doesn't change, I'm going to still be doing that, I think. I think I'll still be doing Who knows? Who knows what plans we have for the future, right? Uh, there's a saying. It's uh, men plan and God laughs. Meaning you can't really tell what's going to happen in the future so uh, a lot of our plans are presumptive of good things or 
things going normally, right? I imagine most people didn't expect the pandemic to occur. And uh, we're coming on right now, February, two years ago in 2019, was it? No, 2020. 2020, uh, it was, it was started roaring around, uh, started coming around the world. Started, you know, Italy, you started hearing the stories of West Coast of the United States. I'm sure it was here in Florida and things like that. And people didn't make plans for that. They didn't expect that the economy was going the way it was and this and that. And I mean, imagine if you were someone who was building in March, you were opening up a store or a restaurant in March of 2020. Just think about it. And you would just, it would be devastating. It would be devastating. It was devastating for people that were open already and a lot of places closed. It hastened the eventual demise and this is a matter of opinion but it just seems like people don't want to accept the progression of time and things change but a lot of brick and mortar show uh, show stores will be disappearing a lot of probably kind of like mid-range I think the mid-range stores may be disappearing because you have your lower end stores, I don't want to say lower end, the things with bargain, like bargain stores, uh, like TJ Maxx, or down here we have one called Bell's. And it's a great store to have when you're like just getting stuff you need, like socks, underwear, certain type of shirt, sneakers. Uh, you know, they, they, they buy these, it's almost like a big lot store and stuff like that. They did all right. But anything where... People would, where the segment of people are more comfortable shopping online, they saw a great de- decrease in in sales. So, and it progressed even more because of things shutting down. People became acquainted with online shopping, got more comfortable with it. I mean, now in the beginning, if you recall, you know, put on your little you know, thinking caps. You may have heard about people getting, they call them porch pirates, people that get deliveries and uh, the people that come along and steal those deliveries. Well, now the people are building boxes and almost like mail, big, big mailboxes for homes where they can just drop it in to uh, the a box out front so someone can't just run up and steal it. So... You know, that's become that's become a criminal activity now. Stealing packages wasn't before. It used to be stealing checks, and people don't get checks as many times. But imagine senior citizens probably still having checks stolen because they're the ones, next ones most likely to still get checks in the mail. Who gets checks in the mail, right? i got to turn my phone off because it's just getting clicking. Well, last night... Uh, we got to return to the more temperate weather in the Keys, where it's 72, 73 at night, just beautiful. And we had music outside, and we were slammed at the at the restaurant I work at. And whenever it gets busy like that, I do focus on, you know, time. 
Time has passed for me, my body. And I am in, it's going to sound very, God, very cocky, but I'm in awesome shape for someone my age. And I felt it last night. I felt when I was working, I was feeling that, oh my God, I'm in tip-top shape, cardio, strength-wise, and things like that, and I'm still feeling it. It wasn't a walk in the park. But then again, I was never one of those people that had things that came easy to me. There's certain things I was better at naturally than, uh, you know, that was harder for me to pick up. But things never really came super easy to me. I was always creating barriers to becoming adept at anything in particular. But time and practice usually makes it, you know, it just, it, you can't help it, but become more efficient. And uh, it, it was just getting on me. And I'm, I'm thinking in my head while I'm doing this, they say, like, how long can I, can I work in this industry? Really? I mean, I see plenty of people that are older than me down here, especially in, in uh, Key Largo. But when you get down to Key West, I'm a little, I'm a little long in the tooth when you're down in Key West and some of these other bars and, you know, high-end restaurants. They usually like to go with younger people and things like that. So I'm starting to feel that. But it's the, maybe it's the restaurant work. I don't know. Or maybe I become more adept at automation. I'd rather concentrate on making drinks, talking to people about ordering, giving them suggestions than you know, spending a lot of time washing glasses, polishing glasses, and things like that, which you do end up doing. Last night, there was a shitload of glasses to come through there, and you're feeling it. But in all reality, I can't really stop doing that because, for one thing, it's my main breadwinning occupation, even though I have the other ones. And second of all, how can I do my podcast as Keys Bartender? If I'm not a bartender, I'd have to at least always keep at least one or two shifts. But I've been contemplating and, and I've told my, I told my boss that before that, yeah, there's a lot of times it just, um, you start getting burnout and it's, it's the restaurant business. It's not particular people, this, I, I don't know how you are, but when I get really good at something, Sometimes I'm ready to move on. I got to be able to be more creative. Meaning being creative means for me learning something. I think that's an act of creation. You're creating an ability in yourself to be able to do a job. So being able to pour a lot of drinks and things like that. I'm not really especially good at when someone gives me a list of four drinks and then someone else gives me a list of drinks and then someone's yelling out something else to me. I'm not really good at keeping that up. I don't know. Some people are. They can keep those. They can hear things coming. They're taking an order from somebody. I could be taking an order from someone and someone can come up and they do call drinks and they call all the drinks and they don't write them down. And some people write them down and you got to, you know. So it's a mishmash there. And I... I have a tendency, and I do, I'm a bitchy person, a bitchy person when it gets busy because I just want to get the job done. 
and do it efficiently. And a lot of times I'm thinking in my head, boy, this would be so much easier if I had a little, little automation, you know? And I realize it's, we're more the exception rather than the rule, but they've been operating without uh, a POS system. So I can't say that you have to, you know, in order to make your business so much better to be automated that way. You know, to get all your orders in, be able to track inventory, me get my drink orders in so people can go and order their drinks and and just do that and then tabulate a bill, run a credit card, split a check, all those things. If I can cut off like 20, 20% of the time it takes me to do all these other things. I become more efficient and there's a value in that. But I don't, you know, if you don't see the value of it, there's no reason to get those things. That's the reason why you see about automation. There's a local restaurant that started hiring, hiring, started leasing the robot servers. And they're pretty much like drone servers where you put the food on it and go to the table. And I don't know, I think they can also take payment which I think is pretty interesting for that. I'm sure they can take payment. So whenever I go to a place, I always think and say, hey, how, how, how streamlined are they? Some places I go to restaurants and you see that people are using their smartphones to take an order. And I think, wow, that's great. They're going to take the order. They got the app and stuff like that. And they send the order and, okay, we're ready to go. Good to go. And I'm the drinks will be ready in a couple minutes. I'll come back and pick up the drinks. And you don't even have to interact with the, you don't have to interact with the bartender. I always think, wow, that's so great. How much easier. But there's always like, and I realize there's always a new thing. The more efficient you become, the more volume you can handle. But there's always limits. Like right now, that our kitchen can only, because of size and the amount of people, can handle a certain amount of orders at one time. Becoming more efficient at placing orders would not alleviate a jam up in certain places, just like making drinks. But reducing the amount of time I am spending generating checks and and printing them out and keeping order and writing them down and not screwing up, that generates a certain amount. So you have to weigh that sometimes with automation. I always say with vehicles or house or medical or whatever, when you make a buying decision, and I have, I am the worst offender with this, making logical, financially responsible choices. If it's, it's all about the bottom line. You know, when you, for, for me, I was thinking in my head, like, I couldn't go to Poland this summer because it took me so long to come back from that, right? Took, when I say come back from it and go back to work and, and build up, you know, the deficit I build because I don't get vacation pay. So when I'm, when I'm gone for two weeks, I'm spent, it's a double system. That's the way I view it. I'm spending money and not making money. And all I have to do is think in my head and says, well, what I could do is, you know, work harder, build up a surplus and what my surplus would be for two weeks, let's say, 
and come to an arbitrary number. And also, there's another budgeting thing I can do when I go over there because whenever I need dental work and stuff like that, the keys, it's no secret here that things are cost a premium here, whether it's food, drink, rent, uh, uh, real estate, everything is more expensive in the Keys, except maybe fish, you know, like local fish. Maybe that's the one thing. But even that is, I heard someone tell me that uh, a one pound jumbo, uh, one pound jumbo crab or one and a half pound jumbo crab was like 69 to 70. It could be higher. could be $80. But let's go with $70. $70 for one claw. So I'm not begrudging anybody putting a price up for whatever they want to. There was a, a the, the, to illustrate, uh, about four weeks ago, if I'm not correct, there was a big national news story. It took place, I think, in Tampa, but it was on the, in that area of Florida, the Gulf side in the middle of the state. And someone had uh, a investment group had bought a house and they had uh, turned it around on the same day as the closing of the house. They listed it for over 300% of the purchase price without making any improvements. That is a bold move and that changes what people's perception of value is, what they're going to pay because value is what people decide value is. Because gold itself does not have a value other than a perceived value. So if it's $1,600 an ounce, I'm not exactly sure. Would If people agree it's $1,600, then it's great. And it maybe could be $1,800. But what would happen if there's a big gold rush find where they have a huge amount of reserves? Someone sells a whole bunch of gold and it hits the market and stuff like that. And people say, well, there's a lot of gold out there. It goes back to, let's say it goes back down to 1000 and that's a value. Or people someday say, well, it's not even the greatest metal. There's this other metal we discover that's even better, has better properties and things like that. Not saying that there's another hidden metal out there that isn't, that is better than gold for all the things like electronics and and jewelry and things like that. But that's a perceived value. Same as uh, oil, wheat. It's what people are willing to pay. Because obviously, if you put a price on something that no one's willing to pay, you will just not move that commodity. As simple as that. There's a game out there called, God, I forgot the name of that call. It's called, it's, it's, it's set on trading and stuff like that. I'll, I'll come up with it, but it's a great one. It's played with cards and uh, you're just trading commodities like barley, corn, wheat, uh, food, food stuff. It's called pit, uh, the pit, and you're you you. It's a high energy, just like you're trading thing, trying to get sets of cards and tr- trade them and buy them, get sets, and you're trading for one. You, sh- I don't know how many. You, I haven't played it in years, but it's fun. It's a fun game. It sounds really easy, but it's way more complicated and quicker than Uno, and everyone's talking at the same time. Pretty much like you see in a trading pit in New York or Chicago or wherever there's a trading house or trading center. 
So yeah, people are coming up and they got like 50, you know, in, in this game you play up with, I think maybe six people. So there's a, there's a limit, uh, there's a, and there's a limit to raising the prices, stuff like that, because eventually it's almost like musical chairs with a cost when you're buying properties and things like that. It's going up, up, up. And people say, well, it's a good investment because the property is going up and it should go up some more. You hope. Because when you purchase it, when you purchase a property and you intend to turn it over and you have it, when it starts going south, usually you could have bought it dearer and all of a sudden it starts dropping precipitously, the value, let's say. Let's, and you bought a house for 500000 and then the, it starts going down to 450000 400000 You're sitting on that house for a while unless you're willing to unload it for less. Or do some improvements or whatever things like that. It's it's a process of musical chairs trading, trading in prop and buying property, trading in stocks, trading in Bitcoin and all those virtual currencies or NFTs is a practice of musical chairs. And you're always grabbing your chair, you're buying something, buying something, buying something, and eventually there's not going to be any chairs left, and you're going to be standing there on the outside. And I've seen some people down here that when you get especially in 2007, 2008, 2009, when the property prices started going south, when they got over-leveraged and they had adjustable rate mortgages and things like that. And we might, we might see it. We might see it or we may not see it. Hope not. Well, let's move on. I, you don't need me to give a bunch of ice, uh, advice for the um, investing and all that stuff. I am not qualified for that. But I'm just telling you the theories. Not what to buy and what not to buy. Because if I did have that, I wouldn't be working on Friday and Saturday night really hard, right? Yeah, Jim, you're smart. You're not that smart. Okay. I was remembering incident after a... This is a story. Because it kind of reminded me of something that came happened at work. And 2007, I had moved down here. I told you about my marriage before I left. I, uh, I I got separated. Wife asked for a separation, things like that. She thought I was going to move across town. I had a good friend in Key Largo here who had a big sailboat who lived down here, and I asked, "Would it could it come down and visit?" And then no, the wife asked for a separation. I said, "Could I make a little visit and get set up down there?" And for a spur of the moment, I made a big change, a big change. I left, I was working in the Treasury Department. I left the Treasury Department and I came down here and got a job at a bar. And I was going to do that for a couple months and maybe go back to working for the government because I took a leave of absence and go to New York or someplace different and get a job. Well, I stayed down here. And after a couple months, I became uh, a, a very nice woman, attractive woman, because it was funny. The, the, the thing people always thought we were an item together, but it wasn't uh, the case because she was uh, my roommate and my landlord. It was her house, and I was renting a room, but I had a nice. It was a nice house, and instead of having, a, you know, I didn't have to take care of an apartment, so I got to work out, do everything, so I just do my thing, and uh, we shared a house together. 
And one night I'm laying in bed after a couple months. I had gotten sober. I was just sober a couple months. And I'm just looking up at the ceiling and I'm thinking about my life. I was 44 years old going on uh, approaching 45. And I realized I was, my marriage was on the rocks, didn't have any children. I was working in a restaurant. And that was it. And I was over a thousand miles away from my uh, uh, my closest member of my immediate family. And I said, "Boy, I'm alone. I'm really alone. I don't ha- I don't have anything." And I thought, "Well, I'm also able to." And I didn't I didn't really contemplate that part. But then I realized, uh, but I'm able to do whatever I want because no one knew me prior. So whatever I decided to want to be, I could, I could have been. So I stayed in bartending. And I'm bartending and I go, you know, after a couple of years, I got, I think, competent at it. Adept. I mean, there's better bartenders, better craft bartenders and things like that. But I got better at, at it. And I do this podcast, which I count as one of my things to keep me mentally healthy, unload. And I do appreciate you giving me that opportunity. I just want to reiterate that. But when I was when I was laying in bed there, I thought every so often when you get that moment of contemplation, you think where your life is at the time. And I didn't I didn't really put it in perspective at the time. I think what I was like the year before and what I was like a year later. And a year later, my situation was so much better. This this time I was laying in bed, I didn't contemplate it. All I had to do was go back and reflect on it. Sometimes it's not good to think about past things. But I should have just thought, wow, life is going great. And I do that now. I got to do that now and be thankful for my, my, my wife, my stepdaughter, uh, my friends, my jobs, my... Uh, avocations, the things I like to do, and my experiences I had. It's great. Who, who, I would never... Let me... Hold on one second. I was making some stew, so... Uh, turn this down. Okay. I don't want to overcook. Yeah, you can see, I'm just making this... I was coming... This morning I went to the gym, and I was coming back. I just got this thing for, like... I wanted to make beef stew with mushrooms, onions, and noodles, and things like that. So, and it takes some time. Yeah, I don't throw, it takes me about two hours, two and a half hours, so I'm, uh, I'm able to do that. That's another positive thing. I would never do that before. Never. I would just go out and eat and stuff like that, which is great. I mean, I, I, I don't, obviously, if people didn't go out to eat, I wouldn't make any of my money, but... These, all these things I contemplate when in the middle of the night, when I think it's not necessarily good to think about things when it's for me, when it's dark, unless I'm like reflecting on a success. It is not really good for me to reflect on my shortcomings because then it's dark and alone and your brain, I just, I'm just not ready for it. It's only in the daytime. And just like that thing, if I was doing it now, thinking about if I woke up in the middle of the night, I thought, oh my God, how long am I going to be able to do this bartending thing? Because if I can't 
work the way I have to work, at least the way I have to work at my place, which is great. I love the place. I love my coworkers and stuff like that. But sometimes you get used to it. You, you know, things don't change, you know, and you just have to, sometimes you have to consider, you have to consider moving on. And I've been doing that and it has nothing to do with going to another restaurant because I, you know, it's just one of those things that going out, Maybe Ed spent its course. And maybe I'm a little too old to be doing that. Moving on to another job. Maybe I'm too... Uh, maybe, you know, it's, people say, well, we're not going to hire someone. You're, you are seven years from, or five years, whatever retirement age is. I said, well, I'm not retiring anytime soon. I need to be active. So I'll leave it at that and we'll see what happens over the next time and whatever I'll still be podcasting I'm going to make sure I'm going to still be I mean and and I might have to change the title of the show or former I could change it to former keys bartender or old keys bartender or once a keys bartender or whatever because the day that I stop bartending will be times probably the time to stop telling bar stories because there's no reason for me to be in a bar if I'm not bartending. Yeah, I know. I mean, there I could spend a little time there because the wife still likes to go in and have a drink and things like that, but I don't. So it's not one of the places I hang out. It's funny when I tell people about all the things I do. The bartending, spin instructor at the hospital, the notary work, and the loan signing and the weddings and all that stuff, which is all under the auspices of being a notary. Uh, and the podcast, and I may be missing something else. I'm not sure. There's four things I like doing. And this is the thing right here that I enjoy doing the most. Well, it's the gym. Why do you do it all the time? Well, you can't. You know, at this time, that's the reason why I'm with downloads and stuff like that, but I can't. I really can't do this by itself because I have to have exposure to new ideas and those new ideas at a bar. Right. So I have to keep that going. I have one last story to tell you before I go. And a lot of times at the bar, it's not as much recently. When I was younger, I still don't, I never got the idea unless someone told me outright, um, a female, that they were interested in me. I was always kind of obtuse about that. I wasn't, or I thought people were being obtuse and I couldn't read them. I still couldn't read them. I, w I was never a good read at someone digging me or thinking I was amusing or being afraid. I, I mean, I just can't. I don't just don't get it. People are quick to tell you you're funny, how much they like you and all this stuff. But you, you really don't get an idea. I don't get the idea when people are interested. Just seeing they may be interested in the place or the situation or whatever. So one time I'm working at that fancier restaurant at the, the uh, just down the road from where I am, and a mother and her son, who happened to be in his mid-teens, was 15, 16 years old, and we're sitting there and we're talking and. They were saying, oh, you know, you look like so-and-so, blah, 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 blah. I'm talking to mom, mom's an attractive woman, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I was just being friendly. It wasn't that busy, so I'm talking to them. And uh, we're having a good time finding out. what. They, and I don't remember a lot of things other than when they finish up, 
They're ready to go. The mom goes out to the car. The son goes to the bathroom. When he comes back, he goes, uh, my mom thought you were handsome. And she went, want to know what you thought about her. And I went, what? Are you, you're, his, you're her son and all that stuff. And they were tourists too. And I'm like, what, what possibly could ever happen here? Nothing good had come out of this. And I was just getting, I've never seen a, a wingman as someone like that. Now I've seen older guys maybe with their moms, but you don't, usually guys don't feel really comfortable trying to introduce uh, a partner for their female relations. I was always shocked when like a friend would say, hey, my sister thinks you're cute. And I'm like, oh, could I ask her out? And then, yeah. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Either I'm, I must be a really nice guy. When someone suggests I must be a really nice guy. But meeting a guy at a bar and stuff. That was the creepiest wingman thing I ever had. The son bird dogging dates for his mom. And I figure it was over 10 years ago, so I can say it. And there's no way these people know who... I don't think they ever got my name. There's no way. I didn't have a podcast at the time, so they probably wouldn't even track that down. And I hope they found somebody. I hope she found somebody. I, a couple of times I had flight attendants and stuff like that. They they, they seem to be into it. And oh, I get along with them. I lo- love flight attendants. Uh, uh, this one particular one, I didn't... I couldn't... Sometimes I don't know if you don't... No, when this is when I was single, I didn't know, and they get frustrated because you you're acting oblivious, or they think, "Wow, you're playing hard to get." I had a, a friend of mine say that, "Man, you play so hard to get with some of these girls." I said, "What do you mean? Well, can't you tell that girl was interested in you?" I said, I "Had no idea, I had no idea." Sometimes they're looking at me because I think they're afraid. Or, you know, things like, no, no. And I'm like, oh, what do you know? (laughs) Here you are talking to me when you could have been talking to them. So every so often, I just wouldn't get it. I wouldn't get it. I'd get it years later or a week later or something. People say, oh, I had the biggest crush on you. I said, well, you know, maybe you should have said something. Sometimes when I hear that, I'm like, I'm glad you didn't say anything because I know I've seen the relationships you've been in. Not that mine have been, you know, I've, I I have a lot of things I need to work on. So I realize, you know, that's the thing about, I told you about relationship. You're always going to put your best self forward for a while until you get tired of it. Get tired of putting your best self because it is an effort. It's an effort to hold up that thing. And that I always thought, hmm, you got to be careful. And then when someone falls too quick and stuff like that, you go, oh, well, they could fall quick for me and then. All of a sudden, they could get lukewarm, and that hurts too. So I don't know. Maybe that was a, a self-defense mechanism I had. Well, we had a really great great week here. Um, so far, it's only Saturday, and there are upwards of two thousand downloads this week. I mean, not two thousand downloads total total listens. Um, we're on a track to eight hundred to 1,000 downloads. Uh, I think 1,000 downloads a week could probably be the thing where it'd be a real ta- uh, turning point. So it looks good. I, uh, a year ago, or not a year ago, five years ago, 
if I had 200 downloads in a week, I would say that was great. You know, it was more like 50, 60, all those things. But now when we're talking about uh, 800 to 1200, that's great. Once we get to 2000, that's that's going to be, I wouldn't say monumental, but it'll start changing the look of the show, if not necessarily the content. I always work to try to make the, and I apologize if it gets redundant, but I don't think I have a lot of material out there. I do. I've been working at new material bar all the time. It's one last thing before I do go. When uh, I did talk about losing weight because when I had that operation over a year ago, I was nervous about it because I had all these scheduled operations that didn't come about when I fi- and finally it did come about and then I'm fully covered blah 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 but in that intervening time I lost weight but it was one of those innocuous things because I wasn't working out that hard and things like that and I'm old so the effects of working out aren't as immediately as when you're younger so I got lean uh, I kept around the same amount uh, oh, total weight, but I trimmed up, and I'm not trying to be uh, braggadocious about it. But then I was thinning up even more, so I said, "You know what? Maybe it's time to put some muscle on." Because I'm getting older, you lose muscle. So I get I started doing this uh, organic whey protein, and because of uh, the daughter being not eating meat anymore, I'm able to, I have more vegetables, fish, and things, less red meat. And I was doing that, and my wife suggested that I go, go off dairy because in the morning I get really congested. So I did that. I went to almond milk, and then I got the organic whey protein. I would take that. So long story short, I when I go into work sometimes, I don't like to stop and eat because it's always like French fries and things like that. I love that stuff. And I do, I still eat that. I still eat that, but not on a regular basis as much. When someone offers it to me, that's another story. So I bring this little, I fill up a water bottle after I mix it, you know, blend it up, maybe some banana, almond milk, and this whey protein. And it comes out looking like slightly off-white. And these people come in, what's that? And I go, I stole a line from Dave Chappelle, where he plays Jay-Z in Making the Band. It was a reality TV show, and he's doing a parody of it. And uh, I took this directly from it. I want to credit it from Dave Chappelle. Someone said, and I'm looking at what's that? It's like a half a bottle. It looks like formula. I said, well, it's kind of like, you know, you're very close to it. It's Cambodian breast milk or Campuchian. And they go, what? I said, Cambodian breast milk. And I said, you ever see any heavy Cambodians? They're lean and strong. So that's what I'm doing. And they're looking at me and I, I, I just leave it at that. That's my, some of my material is old recycled material that I bring into the new one. It's new again. But as long as you credit it, then you be Thanks again for keeping up those downloads. Thanks again to Michigan, Indiana, my friends, and... Uh, in Pennsylvania, uh, Philadelphia, Erie, I said Michigan, Indiana, uh, uh, Miami, a lot of friends in Miami listening. Thank you. Gabe, Allie, Deanna, 
Love you guys. I'll talk to you later. Um, and uh, wait, Desiree, Brian, my dad in Dover. Uh, thank you for listening and putting up with me. Have a great day. Bye. Susan, I'm sorry I'm late. Traffic is terrible. It sure is. But on top of that, gas prices have been skyrocketing. I can't believe how expensive gas has gotten recently. Prices at the pump are up, but I never pay full price for gas anymore. I just use the free Upside app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the Upside app? Yes, I get real cash back every time I buy gas. And does that actually add up to anything? I've made around $200. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the free Upside app now. Download the free Upside app to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code SIMPLE for an extra 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill up. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, to PayPal, or any gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code SIMPLE for a 25 cents per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code SIMPLE for 25 cents per gallon cash back on your first fill up. And now an update on what some analysts and reporters are calling the Great Resignation and the upside of it all. As many as 44% of workers are leaving their 9-to-5s behind and looking for life hacks to make up the difference in income as they pursue other jobs. And as that number grows, so have downloads of an app called Upside. It's a free app for cash back on gas, groceries, and at restaurants. Can an app like Upside really make a difference? You bet. With Upside, users can earn an average of $96 a year. And it works at all the big gas brands like Shell, BP, Valero, Phillips 66, Circle K, etc. And at favorite local grocers and restaurants. Everyone's got to drive and eat, right? If you want to get in on this life hack, we have a promo code for you. Head to the App Store or Google Play and download Upside. Enter code HACK to get 25 cents per gallon or more cash back on your first fill-up. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account to PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use code HACK.